Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. You're listening to the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is Slade Priest, your host, the Hunting Land Man. Rack buck down here on opening day. If you're interested in rack bucks and real estate and everything that has to do with hunting property, this is the podcast for you. Well, welcome to episode seven of the Hunting Land Man podcast. This is the Hunting Land Man, and we got a special treat. We got Ryan, old Ryan Wascom. Not that he's old, but you know, we got new Ryan behind the camera. And uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. Of course, it is turkey season. And before we get too far into this, we want to thank Southern Ag Credit for being our title sponsor. They take such good care of us and our clients. They take care of me and Ryan here uh, as we do our different projects, which we're going to talk about today on the podcast. So today's podcast is the Missouri Project. Before we get into that, we're going to get a little turkey season update. Um, every, every one of my friends is going to laugh because my update is... I'm on 30 jakes, and I'm telling you, I don't know if I've ever been this much and been this whipped. Now, I will say when Cub is not here, I have not, you know, I'll go for an hour and a half in the morning. If they don't want to act right, I just ease on the work. But the weather this week when Cub has been here has been killing us, and uh, it's just been tough. What do you think? Ryan kills one every time he goes. <laughs> no, it, it doesn't work like that. But, yeah, it's been a, a terrible week, and honestly – I mean, we've only had a very few good days. Opening week of Mississippi, uh, the weather was terrible. Um, you know, we've had the the mornings that I've killed have been have been really good. The weather was cool, everything worked out good like that. But yeah, everybody's kind of wondering when the hunting land man's going to tag out. Well, I'm wondering that myself. <laughs> I'm feeling bad because my little girl Asa, you know, every day you get a turkey daddy, you get a turkey daddy, and I mean. I've been having to let my little girl down a lot. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. They get excited when you bring them in. But, you know, I, I've been, of course, you get frustrated because you want to kill one. But I've had such a good time going this year. I've been on turkeys a lot. And uh, we've had a lot of turkeys this year. Had a lot of Jake problems. And, uh, you know, hey, I get to go a lot. So I'm going to be thankful for how much I get to go. Um, everybody watching and listening, you know, Ryan, of course, trained Assassin Television. We've been uh, doing hunting shows and hunting together even before that, so I don't know, 10, 12 years now. Um, Ryan went to school with Craig Fitz at Oak Forest, and that's kind of how we all met him and his brother Rusty to go way back. I've been on, what, Jay Leno and Letterman uh, with their turkey hunting abilities. Yeah, yeah, we went to, on Jay Leno, I went to Letterman, uh, and they picked, they sent five of us up there, and they picked three. And me and the boy that actually won the turkey calling contest, he didn't make it. So we, uh, both of us, we were the youngest, and we wasn't able to be on the show. They picked the three oldest. So it was one of them deals, man. We flew up there that morning, went to the set, flew back the next day. That was at Letterman. Now, Leno, we stayed out there a week. Universal Studios, uh, 
I forget where all we went, but everything was first class. Limousines, that's the first time I ever rode in a limousine. I was, oh, so Greensburg doesn't come to town. Yeah, country come to town there. But, yeah, we had a we had a good time doing that. And uh, just, you know, turkey hunting's taken us a lot of places, a lot of places. Well, it's taken Ryan and I a lot of places. It's It's really cool to look back at life and see how you got to each place. If you see right now, speaking of each place, Ryan – has his camouflage on. Cub and I hunted this morning, and him and Cub are going to hunt this afternoon. We got the morning lack of yeah. gobbling, and they got the good weather for this afternoon, so hopefully they can get it done. Yeah, y'all didn't have a very good morning. Last night we probably got, I'm hearing reports, four, five inches of rain in our Man. area. And it's been like that all week. It's been a terrible week of weather, and the sun is actually mm-hmm. poked out right now, and it's shining, so we got to finish this thing up. Cub and I, we got to go get a gobbler on the ground. Well, you heard the man. He said, let's finish <laughs> this thing up. All right, the Missouri Project. Let me tell you all about the Missouri Project. And this is a going to be a really cool podcast because I think it enlightens people about, uh, about buying land in places that you're not necessarily from or you're comfortable with. So Ryan and I uh, have been hunting. Uh-oh, there goes my cell phone. Somebody calling me, trying to buy some land. Sorry about that. Um... Ryan and I have been hunting in the Midwest for 10, 12 years, at least, actually, a lot longer than that. But we've been, uh, Ryan and I, I guess four years ago, we started leasing land together in the Midwest. Just, we realized that, you know, we were hunting with outfitters and with friends and on random places. And we quickly realized that if we ran our cameras and we planted our food plots and we made the game plans, we killed more deer. Absolutely. You know, and you can... We did what we wanted to do. There's a lot of times when we went to places, you know, obviously we thought, you know, maybe should have done something different, hang the stand in a different spot, plant a food plot in a different spot, um, you know, access and just everything that we've learned over our, I guess, here in the South in our years of, of knowledge, you know, just things wasn't going like we wanted to. And we were spending X amount of dollars. The doing same that money it would cost to lease it. To lease a place. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, we decided to lease a place and it's been the best thing we ever did. Oh, yeah. And it, it's really cool where it's taken us. So, uh, so just kind of keep you up to speed. So, Ryan and I decided to start leasing a place. We leased that place north of Bethany, Missouri, in Harrison County and uh, was an awesome place. Um, we leased it for two years. Um, I killed a big kind of a cold deer, big mature deer down the road. Ryan killed a um, 153. Three, the and, first year. And almost killed a 160. Almost, almost. Uh, yep, that was uh, that was the first big deer we got on cam and almost got yep. him killed. But uh, then the next year, I killed a big 143-inch eight-point, and Ryan killed a 167. Killed a bunch of turkeys. Uh, Uncle Rusty actually shot the head off oft off <laughs> of a turkey on that farm the first 10 minutes of daylight i was ever on that farm yeah but um you know we learned a lot from that farm and what to do and what not to do and i heard ryan say it uh, a couple weeks ago he said man we had that farm dialed in and that was just a lease uh since that time my parents have actually uh started investing in northern missouri in hunting ground and been doing it for about three or four years now and, of course, doing what I do for a living, uh, you know, every deal, not that they have to, but they pass every deal by, by me. Hey, what do you think, Slade? And, and we've just learned that market from being up there. And I say all that to say these same things our clients, Ryan's a Realtree Land Pro like myself, you know, if you're not familiar with Southwest Mississippi or the Feliciana or Tangerahoe, you name it, you can learn just like we learn. A lot of people listen to this podcast, either hunt with a friend up here or hunt uh, on a lease in this area or, 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 or whatever the case may be. We learn just like we're asking you to learn. You before, Let's say you're not ready to go to buy land for three, five, ten years. Start learning now. Get on our email list. Uh, we send out about two emails a month. And start paying attention to what things are leasing for, what things are selling for, why some things are worth more. Listen to this podcast. is exactly what we're talking about. And so, you know, it's a really cool perspective Ryan and I have of buying property up there the same way we're asking people to buy up here. Um Ryan, tell me this, uh, and I'll get to, of course, our first buy, but what attracted you to North Central and North East Missouri? So, growing up, I mean, I, I turkey hunted in Missouri, I deer hunted in Missouri. 
from 9, 10, 11 years old all the time. And the thing up there, one is just the scenery. I mean, it's beautiful. Then they have a lot of deer, a lot of turkeys. The wildlife is there. Big timber, uh, hardwoods, creek, everything you could want along with all the crops. They got what it takes to grow big deer. And then, you know, the biggest thing is uh, basically just honestly the big deer. You want to go, you can't kill a 150-inch deer if you're not hunting where 150-inch deer are. So here at the house, we're hunting 120s, 135 if we're lucky. Every once in a while, we'll, you know, scratch one up 140. And then once in a blue moon, you might see one 150. Just and, and Ryan did kill one 150 one yeah. time. It just depends on where you're hunting at. So, but, I mean, that's what really drew me to that area there. And it's just, it's a great investment. Great investment area. The The property up there is just unreal. It really is. It's a beautiful area. So, uh, so Ryan and I, you know, we're getting to be old fellas now, I guess. You know, we're both in our mid-30s. <clears throat> and last year, uh, we've got a lot of, we've developed a lot of friendships with farmers, other hunters, real estate agents, and, and things. And, and last year, uh, Ryan and I had something come across. Basically, it came across my desk first. Hey, there was a property that came up for sale that we thought was a pretty good deal. And we were really thinking we were a couple years out from doing something like this. We had toyed with the idea. But, you know, whenever, basically, I told Ryan, Ryan, you're going to be hunting with me anyway. Why don't you, you know, why don't you just come in and we'll, we'll form a little land company and we'll start buying property up there. Basically, because a lot of this property up there, like our our area, you know, you can you can make money with timber, and you can up there, but most of the money up there up there is made with CRP or farm income or something like that. I said we figured it up, and what it would cost us to own that place every year, you know, with, as far as interest rates and things like that, was the same price we would lease it for. Exactly. So it's a no brainer. Exactly. Um, interest rates are low. Southern Eye Credit, um, they helped us finance that place way up there. So Ryan and I bought our first farm. We actually leased a farm right down the road, a different lease, right down the road. I flew up there, and this is an interesting part of the story. I <laughs> flew up there. Ryan couldn't go and looked at the farm for literally an hour and a half, two hours, um, checked the landowner's trail cameras, which I got in trouble for. But, hey, we bought the property, so it wasn't <laughs> matter. But uh, so Ryan put up his money with a lot of faith in me, and uh, he knows how tight I am, so he knows I wouldn't have bought it if it, unless it was a good deal. So, Ryan, you bought this property sight unseen. Tell me what that's about, and how'd you talk your wife into that? So, Slade, he said, look, we got to go up here this date. And I said, okay. Well, I had gotten sick, and with COVID and everything going on, didn't know what was, you know, I said, look, it's best I don't go. I'm putting all my faith in you. I'm take, you're taking my money make sure this is the great investment. So anyway, Slade went and looked at it and he called me. He said, man, he said, we got to get it. Uh, my wife, she really didn't, uh, Carla really didn't have any, you know, negative things to say. She says, I trust Slade. Slade knows land and he's going to make a good investment if we need, if that's what it's going to be. And, uh, once I laid eyes on it, it was the best thing we did. And it's funny because Lori, my wife, she'll listen to this and she'll be giggling in her car. So Lori, for some reason, and this is the first time she's ever done this, and, and you know, people call me tight or whatever, she thought for some reason it was just like I was going to buy a brand new bass boat or a Corvette or sports car or something like that. She just thought that Ryan and I were spending this money because we wanted to place in Missouri. And there was some truth to that because, of course, we wanted to place in Missouri. You know, there's something to be said about investing and working in things you have passion about. So, so of course, we wanted a place. And, you know, if if, if this investment, let's say, makes 85% and another investment make 100%, I'm, I'm, I'm about to land just because I get it, I trust it, and there's something to be said for doing things that you know, and we definitely know land. You know, like I said, Ryan's a real tree land pro like myself. And so uh, we bought the place uh, in October, Um, in October, I was looking at the paperwork yesterday and, uh, it's funny, uh, Ryan rode up there the day before me. We both went up there the first week of November, November. first week of November. 
and we hunted on the lease down the road in that place. And uh, the first time Ryan saw it, uh, you know, he was getting ready to go hunting on it. And we had some good deer on camera. The neighbor who we knew, this real funny story. So the neighbor to the west was from Baton Rouge, east, and the neighbor to the north was from Baton Rouge. It was like I was hunting in That's right. southwest Mississippi That's all over exactly again. Right. But, um, you know, <clears throat> the pro- property really was a really cool property. And our, our plan um, you know, and Ryan, you correct me if, if I'm wrong anywhere. Our plan was this place came on our CRP in about two and a half years. We were going to cut some timber, really deer it up real good, put some money back in our pocket with the timber, fix up the camp a little bit, and uh, then, you know, enjoy it for a couple of years, take pictures on it, get inventory, really, you know, anytime somebody's, like our last farm, for instance, our last farm that we leased, when the realtor that we used up there got ready to sell it, I sent him like three or four episodes we filmed yeah. out there, all the big deer we killed, the pictures. I sent the client, actually the client called me, Andy just told him, he said, just call Slade. I sent him the pictures, okay, these are the deer you let go, these are the deer that made it, this is what you need to do to kill those deer. I mean, just laid it out for him, and, and somebody could trust, hey, I'm watching them kill these big deer on video out there, of course I want this place, and that's what we wanted to do with our uh with our farm over there um i remember the first morning i sat in a tree over there i was sitting in a tree at daylight and i was right in between three groups of turkeys roosting and i was like oh yeah, oh, yeah. we'd have bought us a farm it's so. a good one and um so uh the plan was you know after a couple of years we we're gonna take it out of crp cut that timber really deer it up get some more food on it and uh and, and sell it and uh, possibly move on to a bigger farm so ryan i'll let you kind of take it from there okay how did we get to where we are now as okay. far as um you know of course the farm is selling at the end of the month right. go ahead so like slade said it was a uh it's a very beautiful farm it was wide open the uh the timber was i mean it was just very very wide open <clears throat> but so anyway the as far as cover we didn't have a lot of cover so we got with the local logger and told him said look we need to you know thicken up a couple of these areas make it better because once we get cover here when we put the food in here it's going to be on and so anyway you know we're all set up we start hanging stands or whatnot hunting seeing deer uh, of course the big deer were locked down at the time and you know really learning the place and we didn't have any food on this place one little food plot uh, the neighbor had come in and put in there for us and so anyway we hunted and hunted and didn't see the the big deer that we were after now fast forward you know we go through that week there and we don't kill anything and and we elect not to go back late season just because we didn't have the food like i say slate like we talked earlier we closed on the place october the 11th or 20th somewhere yeah, right, i mean it was right, late yeah right in late middle, october middle october and then we and the first time rod saw it two weeks later we're up there hunting yeah we were there hunting so anyway we we did that we were going to fix up the camp a little bit, just like Slade mentioned, and put food on the place and really make it a deer heaven. I mean, that's what it was going to be. And so the place, we hadn't even planned on selling it, you know, at the time. You know, it was for sale, but it wasn't for yeah, we, sale. We, we weren't marking it or right. anything like that. Right. And uh, so anyway, uh guy calls and he's ready. He said, I got a guy wanting to make an offer on it. I'm like. Okay, so anyway, they go through numbers and stuff, and he got to where we needed to be, and so that brings us to where we're at now. Here at the end of the month, we are going up to close on this property and turn over into the new one that we've, we're going to purchase. Right, and so the farm we're selling is in over by Mile in Sullivan County. Great farm, great area. Uh, my parents actually own a bunch of ground up there, <clears throat> and really cool the farm that we're buying ryan and i back again we have not seen this property yet uh our realtor up there um another guy with united country that's a good friend of ours has some property right there knows the ground good and then my dad actually um he went and looked at it also and and we just all agreed that this was a property we needed to get so uh, it's actually, I think I figured it up, five or six miles south of where our original lease was. So yes. really cool that we already knew that area. 
Um, knew some of the local guys right there. Just just a good area. Got a really good Mexican restaurant. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that's what makes a place like that attractable. Uh, you've got the town life and stuff is not too far away, you know, 10, 15 minutes from there. You can go in and get you a good place or a good meal and stuff. And then, you know, the, the biggest thing is we know the area there. And you talking about, you know, never seeing this property and buying it. Most people, I mean, you're not, there's very few, few people that doesn't look at a vehicle with, you know, they they want to go look before they're buying it. And we're buying land, you know, and like I say, the two purchases we're, we're going to do up there, I've never seen either one of them until we own it. And so I'm actually, I've got OnX pulled up, you know, they're one of our sponsors and I've got them pulled up on my computer right now. I'm looking at Walnut Hills, the ranch we're buying. And I feel so comfortable with it because this is what I do all day, every day. Look at maps. I've been right here in this area. We've probably driven past this farm before. Um, I know the landowner to two farms to the uh, west, and, and I just, we, we've been watching what's selling up there, really pay attention to that market, just like I'm telling everybody. Any market you're in anywhere in America, you can watch that market and get comfortable with prices and what land and why land's doing that. You just got to do a little research. Pay attention. Get I'll on people's email list. Uh, follow these real estate companies on social media. I'm constantly, like, when somebody posts something, sold in northern missouri up there i'm clicking on okay how much is sell for yep. stuff like that and and then it made me comfortable with our purchase up there so um let's talk a little bit about the property we're buying and what makes uh what makes it i'd say one thing's excited i hadn't seen it yet so <laughs> I, yeah i mean you know we haven't actually laid eyes on it but that's the whole issue or not issue but that's the whole thing with you know learning to trust your agent Mm-hmm. You know, that's good. You know what I mean. So, if your agent is telling you, say, "Hey, look, this is a good buy. You really need to, you know, pursue this," mm-hmm. and and I mean, that's what we did. You know, and it's going to turn out. It's going to be a great, great place. I'm excited about it because it's got somewhere to stay on it. Yeah, and it, it really, it really is because we've stayed when we were staying in that area. We we're staying at the Super Eight right there, which was by the Mexican restaurant, and it's still only a couple miles away, but. So our farm we're buying up there is 360 acres. It's mostly uh, CRP. Uh, it's got a metal building home on it and a big shop. We're actually, it's really kind of a cool deal. Our um, The guy we're buying it from is just really walking away. Yep. Uh, we're getting sheets, towels. <laughs> uh, I don't need his toothbrush, but uh, he may be leaving that. We're, but We got a, a tire changer, a, tra- a tractors, four-wheelers. I mean, literally. I mean, he's not exaggerating. Chainsaws, rakes. Yeah, every anything. I mean, it's turnkey, ready to go as far as moving in. Mm-hmm. And now, as far as hunting, you know, once we get there, we we're we've been playing on the Onyx, lining out where we want to put our food plots, all that, reading the topography and stuff. And I mean, once we get there, we'll know a whole lot more. But everything is there waiting on us. Right, and and I feel so good from a. Of course, I. I wouldn't be buying if I didn't think this was a really good investment. But from a hunting standpoint, I feel great for this fall. So the plan is we're going to go close at the end of the month, uh, get all our stuff off our other lease. We may turkey hunt a little bit while we're up there. But, um, of course, and go move all our stuff to the new place. I've got to hurry up, and I'm a little nervous because I've got a baby (laughs) going to be here in a month, and i got to run up here and do this. And it really is something we have to do because we've got to move stuff from one to the other. And I may fly back a little faster than the other crew. We'll see. But Ryan's actually already bought our uh, corn seed. Yes. We're going to uh, plant some corn either when we're up there on on another trip. And uh, we're stepping up the food plot game. So it seems like every year we've stepped up the food plot game. We um The last... Time, the last year we had our lease just north of there, man, we had some big old backwood rapes and turnips and sugar beets, yes. and it made all the difference in the world. Huge difference. I mean, we were drawing deer from, I mean, and we didn't really have a big area to draw from, but right. every deer around there, we were drawing it into that area. And this here, the new farm, is it is going to even be better. I mean, there's huge blocks of timber all around, and we're going to, once we get our food there, it's going to be dialed in. And so, you know, in the Midwest, there's a and anywhere I guess there's a lot of different ways you can hunt and, and you know you set up your place how you hunt. Ryan and I are extremely low pressure. Uh, only go in when it's right. We had stands on our old lease just north of there. You know that that 
either only got hunted on a north wind once the first week of November got there, you know. Yeah. So we really heavily rely on our uh, trail cameras. You know, we're going to stick a couple coverts up there, uh, cell cameras, so we know what's going on while we're gone uh, on these food plots and things like that. And it's so, you know, so we're going to have five or six food plots. And the plan, we're stepping up the game, is we're going to have about 10 to 12 acres. So we've got... 230 acres of CRP, and you can do 10% in wildlife food plots, so say 23 acres of food plots. We're going to do 10 to 12 acres in corn, and then every spot's going to have grain, corn, and then we'll go back up in last week of July, first week of August, and put our backwood, rape, and turnips, and, and that sort of thing in. And so every spot's going to have any... If the deer hitting the greens, we're going right. to have it. If they're hitting the grain... We've got a tractor up there, as we said. The farmer who we're buying it from left a lot of stuff. We got a tractor and a big bush hog, so we'll go mow corn up there, have fresh mowed corn. We gotta put our cell cams on it, watch it from afar. I'm excited about that new Laura system with covert because we can stick the base up on the hill by the camp and be able to run cameras all over the place. So that's gonna be really cool to yes. check out. And uh like Ryan said, I think this farm is even more important to, from a drawing standpoint. So at our old farm, I'm going to figure it up, but, I mean, there was only probably two or 300 acres of woods that we connected to. Correct. Um, on the east side of the new farm, there is uh, a thousand acre, a th- 1,000 acres of timber, right out of 1,000 acres of timber on the uh, west side, and on the east side is about 400 acres of timber. So we've got a really big area of thickets so when the deer go to moving around when people go to cutting crops and things like that i feel like we're gonna attract a lot of deer especially with all the crp with all the food we're putting on we got so we've got cover water food um i think we're gonna be able to cut some timber off of this one uh is what um our guy up there told us so we may be able to even deer it up in the woods a little more and it's just it is a really cool farm, and the game plan for this farm was the basically the same game plan as the other farm. We're going to take it in a couple of years, take it out of CRP, put it back in the crops, and um, you know, and just keep the cycle going. Uh, and we're not in a hurry. Yeah, uh, I think this is going to be a super fun project. I know both of our wives are excited. This camp is a little nicer than our older camp, so we can get the wives up there. It's got a five acre and a four acre lake with some fish in it. Um, Bring the kids up, go fishing. I mean, it's going to be a good time. It's, it, it's a good farm. And, and, you know, people listen out of, um, you know, South Louisiana where a lot of our listeners are from, they buy land from us up here. Well, Slate, y'all live up there in paradise. You're right. You're, we, we live in a cool spot and we do all these things up here, but you know, we go to the Midwest to hunt. We go up there and hunt that, <coughs> that rut. And then we come down here and hunt this rut, and we're blessed to be able to do that. But uh, it's a different ball game up there. For me to tell yeah. you Southwest Mississippi can compete <laughs> with up there, I'd be lying to you. No. I mean, we're yeah. 15 miles from the Iowa line. Uh, those deer up there, 250, 275 pounds. I mean, when you see a big one, he's it's a big, a big one. He's a big one. When he steps out, you know it. Just like when Banana Bob stepped out, it was no mistaking him, son. He knew it. I never, I'll never forget the text message, <laughs> uh, I, and it was a little confusing. So Ryan, so it was funny. We had a big deer, the one sixty seven Ryan killed on our lease just north of there, called Banana Bob. We'd been watching him for two years. I had a really good encounter with him, but Bob didn't really live on us. No. He would leave us during the rut. He lived right. in, in the off season. I mean, in the uh, early season, off season, he'd live on us. And so the big deer, uh, the big eight, I killed. It was our target buck at the time. I went up there and killed him. Ryan went the next week, and Bob was nowhere to be found. And the night before they got up there, my cell camera went off. Boom. There was Bob. He was back on the farm. And if y'all know anything about Bear Cub, he's <laughs> negative Nancy. Negative Nancy, son. He did not, He wanted to go hunt the very far west side of the farm. And we moved a, a box stand over there to where we could see this huge draw. And uh, he said, all right, let's get a plan together for in the morning. I said, well... I said, I think we're going to go over here and hunt on the north side. Oh, man, he was so negative about mm-hmm. that. And look, when it broke daylight, uh, there was actually some public hunting right next to it. And I seen the guy walking around down there. And, uh, of course, negative Nancy Bear Cub, he's like, oh, man, I can't believe we're up here. We're hunting next to this public land and stuff, everybody on top of us. And uh, anyway, we were sitting there, and I had a doe or a little yearling feeding off on the right on the backwoods plot over there. And I looked, I'll never forget it, and I seen that there was a spike come out, and when I looked behind him, there was Banana Bob 
trail him right behind a spike. Out of all things, a spike. And uh, anyway, once we killed him and stuff, I told Bear Cub, I said, see there, I tried to tell you, just, you know, he said, I just, I would have never, ever come over here on this side of the farm. I said, well, this is where we get pictures of him at. Why wouldn't you hunt there? Right. And and like going back to what Ryan said, when you see it big enough there, it ain't no doubt. I'll never forget the text message. The text message I got was, Bob is dead. (laughs) And so I was like, did the neighbor kill Bob? Yeah. Or and I was, you know, of course they got their phones on silent. They're doing TV and stuff like that. So it was thirty minutes before I found out they had killed. That's Bob. right. But uh, that was a giant deer, Ryan's best deer. I actually had a little bit broke off. The deer would have grossed boom. He would have been one seventy. And and that's what this area. That's why we go up there. You know, I mean, look. You know, chances are we'll be hunting. 140 to 160 inch deer, but right. if we get a picture of a 200, it's not. Un- it, that's right. It's, it's not doable. A, yeah, it's exactly right. I mean, it's it's. You won't be surprised. I mean, you will be surprised. You know, if you get a 200, but because that's the goal or whatever mm-hmm. everybody's kind of, you know, looking for or whatnot in the whitetail world. But I mean, it, it's possible. It's very possible. And they had a picture on this place of a deer they killed. They didn't have a very good picture, but deer looked 190. Oh, yeah, I mean, he was absolutely. A giant. giant deer, giant deer. And uh, so, I, I, I mean, every place we've gotten up there, we've gotten a picture of a 160-plus. Yeah. Oh, every yeah. place. So, it, I mean, and, and, you know, you can you know, I got, I got cameras all over southwest Mississippi, and I'll tell you how I can count on one hand how many pictures of a deer over – 140 I've got, yeah. you know, I mean, very, you, very few, very, very few. few. I'm getting someone, I get some Dixon Creek actually, which actually went under contract this week. Yeah. Uh, it, um, I've gotten some one fifties on camera out there, but, uh, you know, most of the time we're hunting around here, 120 to 140 inch deer and happy to do it. And look, Ryan, a little more selective than I am, but like if I go up on this place and a five-year-old 140 inch deer in Northern Missouri walks by me on September 15th, he's, on that Monday, he's a, I'll be waiting on, <laughs> I'll be going to hunt somewhere else yeah. and be a happy little camper. Something I'm looking on on X and something, you know, we've just learned Ryan pointed it out it, 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 over on the east side of that um, of the farm. There's some nasty stuff, and we know what that nasty looks like because we've looked at so much on X and aerial photographs over the years. And that little area like that just holds so many deer. So I've got a lot of a lot of little food plots already drawn out on here. Now this will hundred percent change once we get up yeah. there. But this is why I got written on my pad here of things to talk about for this podcast is the enjoyment of the project. I mean, to me. There, every time I leave, I'm like, God, I want to get back up there. You actually wonder every time you go up there why you don't live up there. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I mean, as a kid growing up, I mean, I always dreamed of, of you know, owning a piece of property in Missouri. I never thought it would happen. But, uh, yeah, when when you go up there and hunt, you spend your time, and you got a place to put all your stuff, keep everything, and you're putting your efforts in the property that you own, it, it's hard to come back here. It really is. And and going back to the enjoyment i i mean i have just as much fun when going plant food plots and stuff as we do and hunt just the the plan and then getting a deer on camera and you learn every time you do it you know it's i guess you know they talk about the cycles of the white tail mm-hmm. you know of the hunter in general and you know uh you know you first you just want to kill and of course i still just i want to kill but yeah. at at the same time like doing it on a piece of ground that you own and then the you know, and ain't nobody can come over there and tell you doing this wrong or right. Exactly do it, right. do it just like you want to. Um, you're not bowing down to any landowner saying, you know, hey, don't put your food plot here. Don't you? Mm-hmm. You know, as long as you're within legal regulations, you we can do it here. Um, so uh, I'm I'm super excited about it. it's such a beautiful area. I can't wait to get up there, and we are gonna go the last week of April, and uh, we'll probably. Um, throughout the year, you know, do a couple of updates as far as this project, and we'll be filming an episode about when we're going up there. I think we'll make two trips this spring, early summer, as far as planning, and then, like I said, we'll go up late July, August, depending on the weather, and uh, and do our, our green food plots. But, man, I can't wait. It, it's so cool because what we do on this farm, we you know, in the eastern part of the state, we couldn't do this, but on this farm, um, we can put out salt blocks and things. Yeah. And so by the time we get back up there in late July, August, I mean, we'll pretty much have a pretty good inventory of deer. That's exactly right, man. And it's just amazing what minerals will do, you know, as mm-hmm. far as attracting deer in. 
uh, growing up down here, I mean, you'd throw a salt block out, but well, heck, back then we didn't have cameras mm-hmm. to put out. But, I mean, you can put a, a mineral site up there and put a camera on it, and then you'll know. I mean, what deer are in the area, you'll have them on camera there. And then you can start building a plan to kill that deer once deer season opens up. Yep, yep, because they, you know, they, they typically, you know, what they're doing in late July until maybe the last week, October, for the most part, um, you know, ours is CRP, so we're not dealing with cutting crops or anything, but for the most part, right. they'll be in those areas, or they will freak with those areas sometime throughout Correct. the fall. Correct. Um, Ryan, something I want to get back, uh, you know, touch back on, how did you get comfortable? I know how I did, but I'm, I'm going to ask you, how did you get comfortable with, okay, I'm going to invest in land up here. Okay, I'm going to pull the trigger. Talk about where you, you know, because I, I know this, but tell our audience, you know, you pulled some money out of a different account yeah. retirement that you're playing and kind of, you're Go. still got, you still got your investment right. you put it in a different place. Yeah. So with the COVID, uh, I was able to move some money around that I had from previous, a previous job. And, you know, that's honestly the only way that I was able to get this. Uh, I was able to do that, move the money, use that as a down payment to take care of that, uh, as far as getting comfortable doing that, I I know that when I put my money in the land, it's going to be there. You know, obviously I got to make the interest payments on it, but it's going to be there. Uh, the money that I had in the stock market, I had just watched. I had lost a huge amount. You know, that was in this annuity that I had, uh, and I let it come back up some, and then I went on and pulled it out, and that's when I put it into the property. But it's just. The safety, the safety net, yeah, you may not just have a huge home run, but it's a safety net. That property is always going to be there. You're going to have that. If it takes 10 years or if we ever, if we decide, hey, this one we want to keep, you know, I've got that and and my money's safe versus being out there and, you know, in what I call fantasy world, you don't know where your money's at. Numbers on a computer screen. That's exactly right. So it's just just a safety deal. Uh, and, and you're seeing it. I'm seeing it. A lot of people are moving their money in the land. You know, it's just that's it, – it's safe. It's just a safe investment. Now, you can make some bad investments on, on property. That's why you got to be very familiar with the market, and which I think we're making a really, really good investment on this property. Uh, you know, two years from now, it's going to come out of CRP – We'll be able to put it in crops. It's going to be a more tractable farm to someone that's looking for that. So, yeah, uh, it's actually going to go up about thirty to forty percent in our uh, net return every year because right. of uh, uh, you know how much more we can get as long as commodity prices stay good. And, yeah. and uh, back to what Ryan was saying, you know, it's the safety net deal is. Look, land prices can come up or come down. You know, that property's not going anywhere. They're not making any more of it. And I've never caught a fish or killed a deer or killed a turkey on my a stock a portfolio. Stock portfolio. And, and that's what we like to do. And, you know, some people aren't comfortable with land. Ryan said, of course, you can make bad investments. And this goes for any property, anybody that buys and sells any type of real estate. You make your money on the buy. Correct. You can't just go, oh, I bought a farm. I got a great yep. investment. Not if you didn't buy the right farm with the right plan. Um, <clears throat> so you got, you know, you got to buy right, and uh, you know, you get something you're comfortable with, and get a, get a game plan. You know, we've been up there, and we've got kind of a game plan. I know Ryan and I both. Uh, we invest a lot here locally in land. Ryan's got some good investments he does with himself and his brother. Uh, has been part of helping some other people invest in some land and working on some. Me and him are actually working on with the same client right now, investing in, in some big tracks. So. You know, I love investing down here, but that project, I got that snowball effect, that 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 money rolling up there and plan on keeping it up there. I enjoy the project. I'm comfortable with it. And that's a good market up there. You know, yes. you, uh, you don't just go buy every land deal that comes out there. You, you got to buy the right ones that make sense. And we bought the first right one that made sense. We didn't know what we were going to buy when we accepted our offer on our place. But we found a place. We even toyed with the idea of moving the money back down here if we couldn't find the right deal. But thank the good Lord, we did find the right deal. And uh, can't wait to get up there and, and uh, look at all of our chainsaws and rakes in the land. Our investment, what's going to happen, we're going to get up there and see stuff that we want to keep. 
you oh, know. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I've got a big old tree down on one of the places I hunt down the road. I've been thinking how big the bar on those chainsaws yeah. is. Just, just like I had texted you and told you that Carla said, don't even think about bringing that tractor home. You know, oh, that tractor, it, lo- it looks mighty good. Yeah. But uh, I'm excited because every time we've gone up there, on you know, and look, don't think that Ryan, oh, Ryan and I, TV show guys, look, yeah. every year we've gone up there, we've borrowed tractors, we've paid people to do this, we've oh. hand-seated, we've done with a four-wheeler. Like, we poor boy food plot this thing to death. Whatever we had to do to get it done, and, and we it, did it. And it's it's worked out. Uh, it's worked out. And, um, you know, we're, I'm super excited because we don't have to move our blinds off of our old lease because the guy who bought the farm, um, he... Uh, you know, he's buying the stands, too. Something interesting, um, you know, people talk about, oh, man, somebody bought my lease. They cut my timber on my lease. This happens to everybody. Exactly. Ryan and I have had two leases in the past three years, and guess what? They both got sold. Yep. And I tell people all the time, hey, man, I hate that, but buy you some land like Ryan and I are doing, yeah. and you don't have to worry about that. And I know not everybody can afford to buy land and things like that, but with interest rates that Southern Ag Credit and other banks have right now, if there's ever been a time to invest in land, it's good right now, which is shockingly that we were able to find a good deal on a farm up there because right. uh, inventory is low everywhere. It's and It's happening up there and it's happening down here. Stuff that has not been selling in years, all of a sudden is selling because inventory is low, interest rates are good. And no matter what's happening in Washington, the land market still continues to do good. And look, you know, we ain't getting into politics on here, but I know that everybody listening to this podcast cannot stand what's going on in the cities and in Washington and yes. the COVID and the mask and the vaccine, whatever, Everything. you name it. The, the Just everybody, I mean, it's just overwhelming what what's going on let me tell you what's not gonna happen in on any of the land i own nobody's gonna call me a racist on on my place or anywhere i own we're just gonna live life yeah we'll enjoy it just like we do down here i mean you know we're gonna go up there we're gonna enjoy our time mm -hmm. it's what we like to do we like to go to the midwest and chase the big bucks i mean when you go up here not only deer hunting turkey hunting also but you see things in the hunting world that you don't get to see. That you dream about that, down here. That's exactly right. I mean, I'd love to see a big buck chasing, uh, you know, two or three does around out here in my food plot. It just don't happen like mm-hmm. that. And a lot of it's got to do with hunting pressure, you know. And and the more um, hunting gets bigger and bigger up there, the people are learning, you know, that, hey, we got really good deer. You know, if we let this deer go, we're going to kill – we might kill a big deer. And so, anyway, it's just – and, and something, you know, we talk about how much we learn down here and we apply up there. I've got a backwards thing. Shockingly, I've learned things up there because you see so much more of the rut and things. Yes. For one, one instance, scrape trees. All right, Ryan and I started doing scrape trees uh, up there. You know, we'd cut a little old tree down, and we were both shocked at how good they <laughs> They worked so good that the deer would have a scrape in a whole circle around it because they would hook the tree and then hook it all the way around in a hole. And uh, and it works down here. So I brought yes. that same uh, plan, and uh, it didn't take any time. i tell you just a little tip uh, that I learned down here is you can take a cedar tree, you know, big around your leg, and plant it with some post hole diggers, and man, look, they first of all, they love to rub a cedar tree. Absolutely. The cedar tree, will, if you have a wet fall like we did this year, they kind of stay alive yep. and they love to scrape under them. And it's a really cool place to put your trail camera. A lot of these places, like in Missouri, you cannot bait. Correct. Um, so, at a place you can't bait, you know, you've got to put a fence graph or a trail or a food plot. Well, let me, in the middle of these food plots, those scrape trees, they work. Okay. So, it's, it's a really cool thing. And, um, you know, so it's something that I learned up there to apply down here. And, and you know, we're talking about the hunting pressure. We've been, I, I, turkeys, like I said, been whipping me. Look, when we go up there, sometimes it's harder than others, but you can, we're going to kill some turkeys. Yeah. Well, it's just, I mean, you're going to hear turkeys. You know, turkeys see down, turkeys. You see turkeys, you hear turkeys. Here, there may be a turkey there, but he may not be gobbling. And he may not gobble all season, but he's going to gobble up there. I right. mean, it's just the way it is. It's a different breed of turkeys, you know, and uh, just a 
they're crazy. You know, you get up there and you get after those big 26, 27-pound turkeys and, I mean, look like a 55-gallon drum when he comes over the hill strutting. And when it's cold, when it's a 30-degree morning up there Ooh. and a 26-pound gobbler gobbles on. Oh, yeah. He's got the steam rolling off of him oh, when yeah. he gobbles. That's yeah. for sure. And it's fun. And they got the big old turkeys. I actually killed one uh, 15 miles north of here in Iowa. And when I got him to the scale, he weighed 30 point like two pounds and i said oh that scale's wrong and i tested it and that scale was right and i remember thinking coming out the woods i said man this is the biggest turkey ever gotta be 25 26 pounds they end up being 30 so they got not only giant deer yes. they've got uh they've got giant turkeys too it's just it, it's fun up there um you know we're kind of getting to the time we like to to narrow this thing down and i last episode i had just me on here but today i've got ryan so i get to ask ryan the hundred million dollar question all right as we do with every one of our guests uh, and this is going to be interesting because we're kind of doing some of this up in the midwest already but ryan tomorrow you go to greensburg to the store and you buy a lottery ticket and you win a hundred million dollars net where are we buying land and why just talk me through that do I get multiple places? Hundred million, you can do whatever you want. Oh man, that's that's an easy easy deal. First off, uh, I would try to build some more property around my home base, right there around my house. I, that's just always been a dream of mine. And then second, I would take all my money and I'd go to Missouri, right there where our place is at. You know, uh, just that's that's what I like. That's where I like to be. I love it up there. One day when I retire, uh, hopefully we got us a big place and spent a lot of time up there take my kids by then maybe have grandkids you know and uh just just do things that my dad wanted to do you know and we just we didn't have the way and the means of doing it you know and uh just want to leave that just like they told me growing up you want to leave your kids better than what they were left you know you want to do better for your kids so anyway that's just what i want to do but yeah i could uh you know, I talk to my wife about that all the time. Oh, if we won the lottery, what we do and stuff. And uh, I told her, I said, it wouldn't take me long. I could spend it all. And she said, seriously? I said, oh, yeah. I said, you know how much hunting property I'd have? <laughs> so, you way. know, I mean, you say that. But, yeah, that would be what I would do. I'd build around my home there. You know, I'd love to have eventually one day. I'd love to own a 1,000 acres down here, you know. Uh, but if you had a hundred million, we could probably make that happen. I'll, I guarantee I'll be your agent. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. I could, we could make it happen. That's for sure. So, but yeah, uh, Missouri, the Midwest up there, if you, if you've never been, it's just, even in the fall, the fall leaves and stuff, you don't get to see that here, you know, and it's just a, it's beautiful up there. Enjoy it. Uh, and you can, you can make some really good investments. And like I say, we did on the first one and. This one here, I believe, is just as good or better. So, Ryan, if you heard, Ryan is investing in land around here, and he's buying stuff in northern Missouri. So, Ryan really isn't changing anything. He's just got a bigger bank to do it with. Um, and, I, and I can answer this. He didn't say it, but he would probably, if on his place in Missouri, he'd have something in Iowa, too. Yeah, yeah. It just is hard to get a tag there, and that's another reason why we, you know, focus on Missouri. And we're in northern Missouri right by Iowa, which I would consider Iowa and, and Kansas uh, the best two states to hunt in. Now, Kansas, I've got a good spot to hunt, and but you only get one tag in Kansas. Correct. In Missouri, as a landowner, I think you can get three tags. Not sure. I know we get two. Oh, yeah, we we get two, no you, doubt. You, I think you used to could get three. Okay. We'll have to we'll have to double check on that. We might have to scrounge up another tag. That's right. But uh, you know, we've never actually gone up. It's such a tough time to go up there for the muzzleloader season after Christmas, like the twenty sixth. Right. It's right there in the Christmas holidays. Is I think it's the uh, maybe the twenties. Maybe it starts right before Christmas. I can't remember. I've never made it there. You know. Now I've been after January. January, I think it goes to the 10th, mm-hmm. January 10th, and during both seasons. It's been the coldest weather I've hunted in. Oh, yeah. you yeah, It was negative 10 that time. The Pines and I was uh, there in Missouri. And, you know, but, hey, that's when the big deer get up and move. You can get them going. So, yeah, it, uh, and if you got the food like Ryan and I plan on having, um, 
you know, and, and, and we've gotten spoiled to these bow hunting box blinds. You can get away with cold weather. You know, we're wimps hunting from used to living down here to hunting up there and cold weather and the scent. Yeah. Well, know, the a lot of it, though, is uh, if it's 25 degrees out there and you got a 15, 10, 15 mile an hour wind and it blows 10 to 15 up there all the time day. and with 20, 25 degrees outside, that's no fun. You, I mean, you you can sit there in the lock on for two or three hours, and you're freezing to death. You can get inside one of those blinds, keep the wind off of you. You can hunt comfortable and hunt all day. Mm-hmm. And it really does make it a lot more comfortable. And something that that's huge up there is the lack of trees. Yes. yes. So so you can you know with a bow hunting box blind, which it you know you can hunt anywhere. You move it and. It's going to shock everybody from the south. Listen to this. Look, you can move those box blinds up there and the next day hunt them, and yeah. it don't bother the deer. Not one bit. Bear Cub was laughing earlier when we were riding around, and somebody had just put up a box stand out in a cutover place we rode by. He says, weird time to be putting up a box stand. I said, well, you got to put them up now so that spook from them from That's next exactly season. That's exactly right. That's not the case up no. there. You can move them around on trailers and and pop up a blind, you know, with the corn. You can tuck blinds back in the corn if the wind changes. It's just the things you can't do with these wild creatures down here, you can do up there, and it just makes it real fun. Well, we're going to end this thing. where This is the Missouri Project episode, and I think we really took you all through our plan, and as we continue this podcast, we'll take you all through how it's going. Um, it's a really fun project and it's been really uh, a good blessing for us. We've, we've done good on our project and we've only been, we've been into it less than a year now. So we'll update y'all after we go see the new property and tell y'all how good it is. And, uh, heck by the time we update y'all on that, I'm going to have a little boy. Rafe Slade is going to be here. Lori and I's new baby. So that's one thing about this Missouri project is, if uh, my little boys and, and girls like to hunt and Ryan's little girls like to hunt like we do, it's going to be really cool to be able to take them on something that, that we've developed and know when we put them in that bow hunting box blind, they're going to probably get a shot. Absolutely, and, and enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the biggest thing. Uh, certain areas, uh, especially when you cross state line and get down my way, uh, St. Lena Parish, Tansperho Parish, there's a lot of areas that you can go and go and go and you might hunt seven, eight days and not see a deer. Mm-hmm. You go up there, you're going to see deer. You're going to have a good chance at a, at a nice buck if you're patient, you know. And uh, then the turkey hunting is just unreal. Right, right. You can spoil somebody up there turkey quick, hunting. Quick, quick. It, it is really fun. We always say we turkey hunt down here, and then we go get even up there. That's exactly right. Well, Ryan, thank you for coming on. Good luck thank turkey hunting this me. afternoon. I'm going to call. I'm going to go predict something right here. Ryan and Bear Cub are going to kill another turkey because they're going to give me all kinds of heck because I've been having so much. It's weird how they'll humble you sometimes. And I told Luke the problem was he gave us bad juju opening morning. Yeah, 100%. He he moved. He run the turkey off. I, I watched the video. 100% cameraman's fault. Well, he even said it. He said, yeah, I spooked him. Yeah. and, and But, see, it doesn't even bother him. You know, like, oh, because, see, that's the way it is. Up there, you just go get on another turkey here. It might ruin your whole season. I yelped at that turkey this morning and didn't go. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. All right. Well, we're going to uh, end this thing. Ryan, good luck this afternoon. Yep. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for Southern Ag Credit for helping putting this thing on and help us invest in the Missouri Project. Exactly. So we are practicing what we're preaching. So uh, good luck and God bless, and we'll talk to you all in about two weeks. Hey, thank you for listening to the Hunt and Land Man podcast. If you will, take a moment, give us a five-star written review, guys. This really helps us out. And if you know anybody you think will be interested in this podcast, please share it with them.